Episode 4 of Trail Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. Thanks a lot for taking the time to download this weekly podcast. It's all about the trail running scene here in South Africa. And uh, yeah, a pretty busy show lined up for you today. We're going to be chatting to uh, Milan Murray, who is a TV personality, actress, voiceover artist. Uh, we chat to her about her trail running. She's taking it up and absolutely loves it. We also touched base uh, with Mark Collins, who is the race director for the African Otter Trail Run. Find out all about that race. Uh, It was launched. The media launch took place last week, and we'll chat a little bit about that. And then also... Uh, caught up with Andres van der Bach, just an average, ordinary, everyday trail runner who took part in the Num Num Challenge in Mpumalanga, just outside Mushada Dorp, uh, a few days ago. And uh, that's rated as probably one of the toughest one-day trail runs in South Africa. I wanted to find out how it went and a little bit about the race itself and how much he enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. That's all coming up on the show today. Don't forget as well, if you'd like to be in touch, you can. You can pop us an email, podcast at trail trailtalksa.co.za. We're on Twitter as well. You can follow us at trailtalksa or you can like us on Facebook. Uh, We love hearing from you on Facebook as well. It is facebook.com forward slash trailtalksa. Also, some big news this week. Managed to catch up with Professor Tim Noakes. I mentioned it here on Trail Talk SA a few weeks ago. Had a couple of questions submitted from our listeners, and I managed to ask Professor Tim Noakes uh, some of your questions. If you'd like to hear that interview, it is on one of our sister podcasts this week, Run Talk SA. Uh, if you go over to the website, runtalksa.co.za forward slash 12, that's exactly where you can pick up that Professor Tim Noakes interview. Uh, and yeah, let's get straight into our show. Our first guest this week, Milan Murray. Trail Talk SA, and uh, I'm so chuffed to have our next guest on the show today. She is an actress, voiceover artist. Uh, You would recognize her instantly if you saw her from various TV productions. Her her voice is instantly recognizable as well uh, from various television and radio adverts. Milan Murray, welcome onto the show today. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us. Thank you very much for having me. Milan, you've uh, taken on trail running as as a sport. Tell me why. Well, I think that happened by chance, really. I um, I present a morning show on television, and I interviewed a woman called Annette Grobler, and she's an adventurer, um, and I was so inspired by her. She she was just such a cool chick, you know, and, and I was I couldn't believe the things that she that she's up to, and and I decided that I want to also challenge myself physically. Um, and, you know, to see what I'm capable of. And at that time, I heard of the Otter African Trail Run, and I haven't run a day in my life, but I said, okay, fine, that sounds tough enough. And um, I entered, and I, I literally trained for a year, and after that, obviously, I was hooked. No, nothing like setting a big goal to start with, eh? Yeah, well, I think you have to. <laughs> I, I think that's awesome. I mean, it's it's so, and, and that's probably one of the the big things that I think new people need to realize is that if you want to get going, setting a goal is just the the best way to do it. Is go and and, and find a race you really want to do and tell people you're going to do it and then work towards it. I think so because after the the first answer that I ran, I obviously hit a little bit of a slump, and I realized if I don't have a goal, then I won't work towards anything. So it's good to have, even if it's baby steps, you know, a little goal, like a 10-kilometer or, uh, you know, if you're into something else, you know, and and not a sport or whatever, get a goal and work towards something because then that also helps you to get up in the morning because it's tough, hey? Winter's in Cape Town. When it's raining and you have to go and 
you know, GTRs in a mountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you live in the Western Cape, which is just, I mean, it's, I, I'm of the opinion it's the most beautiful place on the planet. But yes. the winters are, let's be honest, they are flipping horrible. Uh, <laughs> where's your favorite sort of trails to run around sort of home where you are in the Western Cape? I'm privileged to have family in town and very close to Newland Forest. So I think partly because it's convenient, but also because it's so beautiful. I love Newland Forest. And then, you know, Table Mountain and surrounds. I also love Yonkers Hook, close to Selenbosch. Um because it gives you, I think, a variety of single track, um, a little bit of, you know, um, contouring, but then a lot of climbing, which are the things that I need to work on um, running, you know, working towards the otter, which I'm doing again this year. And if, you, I mean, you're very busy with what you do career-wise. I mean, a lot of people think it's it's all glitz and glamour, but it's a lot of hard work. I mean, it's, people don't realize what goes into it. You're also a, a mum. How do you juggle all of this and get your training in? It is a bit of a struggle sometimes. Sometimes it's easier um, because our work come and go. Sometimes I'm so busy that I work 12 to 14 hours a day. And then other times there's a, a while, a month or two that I don't work. So then I have more time. So it is actually uh, being flexible to juggle and change your schedule from day to day. So when I don't work, I like to, to get the kids out of the house and to school and happy. And then I can go and run. So then I run about nine o'clock in the morning because then I have that time. But when I'm, when I have a full schedule and it's, it's hectic, I do a lot of things at home like plyometrics and uh, yoga and strengthening exercises because people don't realize how you need that as well for trail trail running mm. so i just i mean last year i even when i had an injury i even ran in the swimming pool because that's all i could do at the time so i think you, you sort of sit when you're an actor and you you're freelance you, you're so used to being pliable you know and, and working around your circumstances, around time, around the needs of others and, and working schedules and whatever. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I seem to just get it get it done. Yeah, I mean, it is difficult. I mean, running is, is one of those sports that if you want to get better, consistency is the key. I mean, you need to do it and do it often. And you, you mentioned freelance. I mean, I do a lot of freelance work myself as well, and I know the challenges where it is. Yeah, you're quiet for a while, and then you can do lots of things. But when it does get busy, it gets really busy. And, and those are the times when you really need to put time aside for yourself and, and, and go, you know what, I have to get this run in. And, and I don't know if you find that the same sort of way. I mean, I schedule it in my diaries, even busy times. I go, that's when I'm running. Yes. I think it's, when you have a family as well, you have to let the, your family members know that this is – this is my peak month. I have to put in the hours or whatever so that they know and they are generous also with you and, and um, have a little bit of grace because then you do get up very early to go and run. Um, obviously, I prefer to go and run outside rather than in the gym. So I get a running partner and we do hill work or whatever outside. But sometimes you have to hit the gym at five, five in the morning or seven or eight o'clock at night and then you have to do it because you have to. And And then... Because you know when you don't do it, what the results will be. Yeah. So even though it's tough, you you put in the work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned the the Otter Trail. What other races are are sort of on the cards? I mean, the, the Otter's just. Uh, I mean, everybody needs to do it. I, I chatted to Ryan Sands a few weeks ago, and he reckons that should be on everyone's bucket list. But but what yes. else have you got on the cards? 
Um, at the moment, I'm just doing a couple of races leading up to it. I'm very looking forward to the Mountain Warrior Festival because that was my very first trail. So I would like to see how I've improved. Um, and that, then I think I'll rest a little bit after the otter and I'm kind of thinking I want to do a stage race next year, but I haven't entered anything, but that's what I'm looking for. And then obviously I need to find a partner to run with because these stage races, obviously you have to stick to your partner quite closely and um, and it's, it's a lot of time together on a trail. So it needs to be someone that's not only your strength and pace, but someone that really knows you well. <laughs> and, and, you, will, yeah, and you're not going <laughs> to kill. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I haven't figured that out yet, but I'm looking forward to setting another challenge for myself for next year. Okay, and as far as uh, bucket list goes, I know like at the moment, I mean, for me, this racing the planet uh, race that's happening in Iceland, I would just absolutely love to do. But for you, any big races, sort of internationally or locally, that you know, you know what? Before I leave this place, I need to go and run that. I actually spoke to Landy Freyland the other day because I'm turning forty next year, and I said that for my fortieth birthday, I want to go overseas and do a nice race. So she's given me a couple of options. I haven't really looked into it, but. You know, France looks like a nice place mm. to go. So <laughs> I also want to go shopping after, you see. <laughs> so <laughs> Iceland, Iceland's not an option. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so I'll, I'll check out what my options are. I love it. Well, I just thank you so much for chatting to us today. It's so nice to touch base and 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 hear about other people sort of in the same industry that I'm in who 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 love the sport that that we love so much as well. So thanks a lot for your time today. Really do appreciate it. If folks want to get in touch with you, I know you are very active online. How can they find you on on the net? Uh, it's easy to follow me on Twitter. I think that's the easiest because yeah. I'm active on Twitter at Milan Murray is my Twitter handle, um, and then I also have a page Milan Murray Actress. I think those are the easiest uh, ways to really get in touch with me and, and start up a conversation. Superb. What I'll do is I will post those links from our website as well, from the show notes from from this episode, uh, and people if they if they want to sort of follow your journey, they can just link directly through to those links. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us. All the best and, and I hope the preparations for, for Otto go well. Yay. Happy running. Thank you. It's really funny over the last few weeks here on Trail Talk SA, I've spoken to a couple of big named athletes and, uh, and I've asked them what race is on their bucket list and every single one of them, bar none, has said the Otter African Trail Run. And it's an absolute pleasure to have on the show this week Mark Collins, who's the race director from Magnetic South Events, uh, the race director of the Otter African Trail Run. Mark, welcome onto the show. Thanks for your time today. Thank you very much, and very, very good to be on the show. Mark, you guys had the official sort of media launch uh, just a few days ago. Tell me, how, how did that go? Well, it, it went uh, incredibly well. We had a, a lot of interest. Uh, we had a lot of the media there, and of course, all the well, most of the top athletes, uh, we are missing one or two of the, the big stars, but most of the top athletes were there, and I think the anticipation is uh, reaching fever pitch for this year's race. Yeah, Mark, I'm, I mean, like I said in, in my introduction, it's amazing. I, I've chatted to Ryan Sands, AJ Collins. They all reckon that this race has got to be on the top of everyone's bucket list. And it's, it's, it's quite a tough one because you, numbers are limited for a race like this. You can't get hordes of people out there. Tell us a little bit about the race. How long has it been going? Uh, and, and sort of what, what can people expect if they do, do come out and, and run it? Well, you know, uh, it's, the Auto African Trail Run is in its fifth year. And uh, what, what makes this race special really is, is we are 
privileged enough to be able to run on one of South Africa's uh, most beautiful hiking trails, and, and certainly one of South Africa's most famous hiking trails, the Otter Trail. And, you know, as organizers, we often uh, get a lot of praise uh, for the way the event is managed and all sorts of things, but we really can't take credit for the vision of people who many years ago uh, decided to conserve this part of the coastline and put a trail on it. And uh, we, we're actually very privileged and we're aware of that every time we get out there to be able to host a run. And so I think for, for most of the runners, you know, just, just the fact that they can get onto this uh, fantastic hiking trail and do a run there is, is a huge draw card and, and something that makes it um, be part of their bus, bucket list. I think the other thing is it's an incredible run. It is sustained and, and technical and yet at the same time very balanced. So uh, And being almost exactly the marathon distance, it does provide a very, very good test for athletes. And then I think thirdly, the fact that nobody can actually go and run there outside and nobody can train on the course also um, makes it a level playing field. Um, you know, a lot of our, our most fantastic runs that we have here are in, in the guys' in backyard. For example, the Cape Town guys have got one of the best trail running areas on the planet in the middle of the city there. But it does give them uh, a big advantage over the upcountry guys when they, when they do race on those trails because they know them so well. And uh, the offer isn't like that. The offer you only get onto during race time, and it, it provides a very level playing field. And I think that's caught the imagination of, of trail runners of all levels. Yeah, and I mean, trail running as a sport in South Africa is is, is exploding uh, right now, and and more and more people are discovering some of the, the the sort of iconic races that we have in this country on the trail running scene. Otter's definitely one of them. As as far as the field size goes, because it is such a sensitive area, what what, what sort of field do you guys allow to take part in this race? Well, we, we put it on two runs. The, the Otter African Trail Run is actually separated into two different runs uh, over a four day period. Um, so it starts off with the actual run, which is the race, that has the eight-hour cutoff. And day one of that is, is a prologue, a 4.5-kilometer prologue, which seeds the runners uh, for their starting for the next day. And they get started in batches of four runners and put out onto the trail. Uh, and then we have 220 athletes participating in each. Uh, the Otter Challenge, which is held two days later, is an exact uh, carbon copy of the Otter Run, except that it has an 11-hour cutoff, far more generous. So in, in essence, the auto run is, is very much about the race. Um, we have decided on, a, on an eight-hour cutoff there, and that, that really is a, is a very difficult cutoff to make. And if you, if you can finish the auto African run, you are probably in the top 20, 30% of, of trail runners worldwide. Um, the more generous 11-hour cutoff is, is no picnic at all either, and it is not achievable for everybody, but it does allow... And open open the window to a lot uh, bigger range of trail runners of of of, of, of great ability. And, and that second run, what sort of field do you look at? At that, is it the same as the first it's one? Two hundred and twenty as well. Two twenty as well. Okay, so I yeah. mean, you're looking at four hundred and forty runners uh, across both yeah. those races. So I mean, in in the greater scheme of things, that's not many. So I mean, it is a really exclusive race. As far as entries go, how how does someone go about securing an entry to to either of those two races? Well, uh, you know, uh, the, the difficult thing, the challenge, one of the challenges we face when organizing the event is we had to open it up, you know, we had to book out the trail a year in advance because the hiking trail does get booked out a year in advance. So we had to make up uh, our decision and make up our mind to, to book out the trail and take the financial risk. And, of course, we have to book it up days in advance, um, you know, with our negotiations with Sand Parks and environmental impact study that was done and our environmental management plan we decided we had to book out the trail 10 days in advance and a few days afterwards as well. 
So we had to take that big financial step. So we've got a tradition in the Otter of, of rewarding the guys who entered in the first year and, and giving the guys who enter uh, in, in this race the first option of entries in the following race. So entries open uh, immediately uh, on the 1st of October to uh, those guys who participated this year. And then I think it's 10 days later we open entries to, to the public. Uh, but there again, um, it, you know, we have got a system, what is called the priority system, where athletes um, make a, a put down 100 rand, which goes directly to one of the three event charities, and they get onto that list. And, and entries actually sell out, um, you know, this year they took 11 minutes to sell out completely uh, after we'd opened entries up. That is, that is fabulous. I mean, that just, just shows you the sort of demand there is for, for a race like this. And, and also, it's a case of, I mean, if the guys who, who are on that first priority list, if, if they snap the entries up from the previous year, it's, it's one of those things and those are done. But uh, to get onto the waiting list, I love the fact that you, you've got charities involved as well. Tell us a little bit about the three charities you guys help. Well, you know, the first year we opened entries, and, and as, as with many events, I would imagine, you know, you enter with all the intentions of running, but life uh, for most of us trail runners just gets in the way, and everybody has uh, some sort of family commitments and unforeseen things that happen in your life, and you end up not being able to run. And and we, uh, you know, we experienced cancellations towards the end, and we sort of phoned up people. We had a massive waiting list in, in the first year, and we phoned up people, and we, we found that, you know, people just couldn't just run the otter with, with one month's notice or a couple of weeks' notice. It's, it's something you really have to prepare for, and, and rightly so. Uh, and so we ended up having to phone sort of 20 people on the waiting list before we got one positive entry to replace somebody who had cancelled. So the next year we decided, well, let's make them commit. You know, instead of just putting your name on a list, let's put down some money. So we decided on 100 rand, and we decided that that money would all go to the event through charity. So that, that's how the waiting list came about. And, and it's been a far more effective way of getting commitment out of the athletes. The three charities that we support is, is one, the Nature's Valley Trust. Uh, Nature's Valley is the little village at the, at, at the western end of the Otter Trail, uh, traditionally the finish of the Otter Trail. And it's a magnificently managed little village um, with bushbuck wandering around. Uh, it, it is really beautiful. And they take the, the conservation of the environment very seriously. And the residents there formed the Nature's Valley Trust, which is an organization that basically engages anybody who wants to do anything in the Nature's Valley area and, and ask them what, what they intend to do and, and how they intend to do it and what the, what the implications are going to be. And, of course, when they heard we, we were going to run the Otter Trail, they, they engaged us immediately, and, and we spoke to them, and we, we found out what their concerns would be and, and what the implications would be. And they first wanted to understand what, what our plans were, and uh, we found a very positive synergy between us and, and what they're trying to do. So um, the Nature's Valley Trust is, is one of our beneficiaries. The other beneficiary is the Landmark Foundation. Now, just as we are in this country incredibly concerned about the plight of the rhinos at the moment, which is on everybody's mind, our leopards are and our other cats are indeed in, in big trouble. In fact, all cats across Africa, all, all the big wild cats are in trouble, the lions, the cheetahs, and, and the leopards. Uh, and the leopard is, is the cat that can resist man's encroachment the best or the most effectively. And, and we still have leopards out in our forests here. We still have leopards in our mountains. Every now and then I will come across leopard tracks out in, when I'm doing my trail runs here in the garden route, which is, is always a big thrill. And um, the, the Landmark Foundation basically has uh, studied, uh, you know, tried to find out what, what is the state of leopards, what is happening to them, and then try to find ways that we, we conserve them. And, and, um, the thing about leopards is it's not always necessary that uh, we, we do have conflict with them because they, they tend to mind their own business 
if we if we leave them alone. And if we farm uh, with methods that are friendly towards the leopards, uh, which can be done, it does require a bit of a change of methods, but it can be done. We do not need to lose our leopard population. So we, we support the Landmark Foundation as well, and, and they've taken our money and they've put it into a very tangible asset for themselves, which is uh, the camera traps. And these camera traps, they place at different locations throughout the year, many of them out, out in the field, and, and they capture invaluable data. And, and what it's all, we have had to, to be able to display some of the images that they capture on our, on our webpage. And then the, the third non-governmental organization that we support is Mountain Rescue. Um, the, the Wilderness Search and Rescue Unit uh, down here in the garden, they are integral to our management of the Arctic Trail. They are, throughout the year, they are the guys who come and rescue hikers who get themselves every now and then into trouble on the Arctic Trail or anywhere else in the garden route. They're all volunteers and uh, they often get called out in all hours of the morning in free, almost inevitably in freezing conditions or cold, whenever the weather is is, um, you know, threatening. They, they tend to go out and they spend a lot of time out there. So we're very proud to be able to give them a little bit of support as well. And again, tangibly, we, we uh, the money we give them goes into tangible assets like radios and things like that. Superb. Yeah, they rescue all of us folk from up north who, who aren't quite sure what we're doing when we head down there. So uh, it sounds... Well, I mean, I think folk from all over the place, some, <laughs> you know, you have, some people have a very, a very broad understanding of the wilderness and other people don't. And, uh, and get themselves into trouble. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sounds amazing what you're doing with it, with the, with the three charities, and and it's good to hear as well. And then you also mentioned, Mark, that uh, you had a whole bunch of of really good athletes at the launch. Uh, who can can we sort of look out for at, at this year's race? Who are the contenders in in your opinion? Well, I mean, this year is, is, is thrilling because um, we've got um, you know the otter gets run in two different directions in alternating years, uh, similar in a similar way to the, the Comrades Marathon. And uh, last year we had the first ever West East Run, what we call the Reto Run, and um, it's exactly almost exactly the same course. The course does differ slightly at the, at the beginning, at the end, but almost exactly. And we try to keep the distances exactly the same. And Ian Don Washup uh, and under AJ Carlos. Uh, with the first guys to come in in sub uh, 4.30 hours, which, you know, something is what we didn't envisage happening so soon in the history of the race. Um, you know, if you think it's a five-day hiking trail, it's the hikers find grueling, and these guys are now covering that distance in under four and a half hours. That's phenomenal. So we've, both, we've got Yendon Washop. Uh, he's coming back. Um, he's got the record for the retro. And AJ College, who was a rookie runner last year, his first time, and he ran also with just five minutes behind him. And then we've got Greg Goodall again, who was in third place. We've got, um, you know, Greg, uh, an incredible run last year. We've got Mike Bailey. We've got Kane Riley. Uh, we've got Bang Madiba, you know, to mention but a few of the guys in, in the men's race. Um, obviously, Ryan Sands holds the record going the other way. Ryan will be at the event, but he probably uh, won't be competing in that. He will just probably be recovering from his lead ball race. But he does hold the record, so he will be watching very closely what happens out in the field, uh, regardless of whether he gets onto the trail or not. And in the ladies' race, we've got uh, Lundy Kreling. Uh, she's uh, one of the favourites. To you know, she's got two third places in this event. Uh, Katja Sogat is uh, an incredible runner as well. Uh, Jacqueline Hasbrook is there. We've got Ruby Murr from New Zealand, who is uh, apparently cleaning up all the men's races, the men's sections of the races in, in New Zealand and Australia. So um, it, it's very exciting. And then um, there are one or two other surprise entries that 
big, big names in the sport that are going to be announced in, in the next couple of weeks. And it sounds like a, a pretty decent field without any other additions. So yeah, whoever else gets added can only, I'm sure, add to, to the quality of that event. And then, Mark, if people want to find out more about the race, you guys have got quite a strong online presence with a website and, and you're on social media as well. How can people get in contact with you? Well, the best is, is to get onto the website and, and then to get onto the Facebook page and, and if, if you like, uh, start receiving a Twitter feed. Um, uh, I think all the information is basically out on, on the webpage and, and then the Facebook, I know, office is always uh, tanning out um, uh, information on, on Facebook and anything that comes up that is relevant. And, uh, yeah, like you say, with this race coming up, I mean, I'm, 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 my palms are sweating just actually thinking about this field. Um <laughs> Now the guys in this field who, who could expect to win trail runs who here and after are going to battle to make top 20. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Mark Collins, race director of the Otter African Trail Run, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today uh, and all the best with, uh, with the final sort of preparations and, and the entry process for the race. And, and we look forward to, to watching it and, and, and sort of with a keen eye to see what actually does unfold on, on, on that trail in a beautiful part of our country. Thank you very much, Brad, and, and very good to be here on Trail Talk. Trail Talk SA, uh, and I love chatting to sort of average everyday runners here on the show as well. Uh, we've chatted to some great athletes, Ryan Sands, AJ Collett, but it's, it's just really cool to catch up with, with the average trail runner. And I want to do touch base this week with Andres van den Berg, who, who's just run the Num Num Challenge. And sort of, I've seen it, and I've never done it myself, but it looks crazy. Andres, welcome onto the show. Uh, have you recovered, first of all? Uh, I have recovered. Uh, it was very cold out there, so I did pick up a little bit of a cold, but all good now. Tell me a little bit about the race. I mean, for for people who have never heard of it or, or, or not sure what it's about, tell me where is it distance-wise and, and, and sort of what's the terrain like? Okay, it's about 22 k's out of Masadador. Uh There's a hiking trail, a five-day hiking trail that's originally been designed to be a slackpacking course, a slackpacking where they actually carry all your stuff to the camps as you go along. So it's not, it's intended, it's not very a long five day hiking course. It's 36.4 Ks. And then what we as stupid trail runners do is we <laughs> go and try and to run it in one day. I love it. And yeah, I mean, you think you say it's 36 Ks? Yes, it's and 36 Ks. You think 36 Ks are, oh, it can't be that bad. I, I, you, you think, how bad could 36 guys be? I mean, it's, it's just if you run it on, on tour, it should take you about three, four hours. No problem. Unfortunately, there's five big hills. And if I say hill, it, it's more like a mountain that you need to get over. So they, I think the elevation change up is two guys and down two guys as well, around about there. So there's a fair amount of climbing that you need to do. And it's, very, when you do climb, you do climb steep. So when you think about trail running, normally when you just do normal, like a normal Michalisberg trail run, there's actually some running involved. But when you look at the the ascents and the descents, you actually are forced to uh, walk most of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking at the at the times. Uh, there's a, a 43-kilometer power challenge, uh, and only six people completed that thing. And And I mean, it's... Eight eight hours forty seven. Yep, is what what Seamus Kruger ran that one in. I mean, that's for for essentially a marathon. 
I think that says a lot about the terrain. And you mentioned two kilometers of vertical climbing in the thing as well. I mean, how? I mean, climbing is one thing, but how sort of steep are those ascents and descents? Are, are they quite hectic? Um, I think there was a lot of stages where we actually climbed up ladders. So where they've had to put down wooden ladders for us to actually go up the stuff where it's too too steep for you to run up. And, I mean, you constantly actually have to hoist yourself up. I don't know if you know box jumps at the gym, but mm. that's basically what you you end up doing all the way up and all the way down. So what the problem with, with what that happens with is with all that jarring, your supporting little muscles then get the shock of their life. And then I had scrams for the last three or four hours in that race. Wow. Well, well, it, it says, I mean, it's, it's, it's rated as South Africa's toughest single, single day trail run. I mean, is it, is it as tough? I mean, you obviously knew what you were getting yourself into that it was going to be hard, but it was, was it as hard as you thought it was going to be or was it a lot tougher? Um, I would say it was a little bit tougher than I expected because I actually hiked there before. So I, I actually knew what I was letting myself into, but I think when you get past the the twenty k mark, you start realizing it's it's a mental thing thereafter. So, and what's worse, what, what, what the worst part for me was now, after six hours of running, they actually make you run just past the start, where you could potentially <laughs> stop if you, if if you wanted to fall out, but then you wouldn't have completed it. So. And that last eight k's took us almost two hours to complete as well. So, it, it it's just heartbreaking for you to go past the start and having to carry on. Sadists, I tell you, sadists. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a pretty small field. I mean, they limit the numbers, so it's it's quite an exclusive run, and it sounds like quite a nice one to do. I think this year they only had 120 20 entries. That that is what they capped it as. So, I mean, as far as getting an entry, is it pretty difficult to get one? Uh, no, if you enter. Early enough, it's it's usually not a not a problem, and I have to say it's one of the most beautiful places you can run, uh, because I think on that that guy's farm he's got the highest waterfall in Mapumalanga. You go to lovely rivers. There's uh, the nice thing is there's always enough water for you to drink because there's streams everywhere. So, and they give you food along the way. So it's not so much the carrying that's the the, the issue, or the or the scenery. It's just the the terrain that you need to cover. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to ask you was just about the, the, the sort of how beautiful it is because that part of the country is, without a doubt, spectacular. And, yes. and, and you sort of said it. So, Andres, uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch base and, and hear about the race. I just love hearing about sort of different trail rounds around the country. We spoke uh, about the Hout Bay Challenge a couple of weeks ago. So it's good to, to hear about uh, another race that's taking place on an annual basis in Mpumalanga. I appreciate your time here on Trail Talk SA. Thank you very much, Brad. That's another episode of Trail Talk SA done and dusted. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. And uh, if you did find any value or if you enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate it if you helped us uh, just spread the word because that's uh, the only way that we can get uh, the news out about this weekly podcast. What I've gone and done is created a couple of pre-populated tweets. So if you are on Twitter, I'd really appreciate it if you headed over to trailtalksa.co.za forward slash share. And all you need to 
do is just click on the link and what it'll do is pre-populate a tweet into your uh, Twitter account. You just need to then click send. So it's basically just pushing a button twice and that'll help us get the word out. Really do appreciate that. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind uh, just taking a few seconds to uh, just write a review about Trail Talk SA. Uh, in iTunes, it's pretty easy to do. Also, it just takes a couple of minutes and it helps other people find this podcast as well. And it helps with our rankings to get it up on the iTunes or in the iTunes store so that more and more people can find it. If you would do that for us, we'd really, really appreciate it uh, more than you can ever know. Uh, and, yeah, if you'd like to be in touch, you can follow us on Twitter at Trail Talk SA. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Trail Talk SA. Or pop me an email, podcast at trailtalksa.co.za. If there's something you'd like me to chat about or if there's someone you'd like me to interview, I'm always looking for ideas and and uh, options of ideas for the show. So be in touch, please. Really do appreciate your time once again. Have yourself a brilliant week, and we'll chat soon. From myself, Brad Brown, cheerio. cheerio.